Good evening and welcome to the EFL Preview with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. This is a case of not quite being a preview, but more of a review, as all three leagues saw midweek fixtures taking place and plenty of goals, actions and controversy to go with it. So we'll be taking a look at that before we take a very small look at the fixtures going through into this weekend's calendar. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week. And in fact, a second dosage of it, of course, now that we have midweek fixtures. So we will start with the championship like we always do. And we'll start with the Tuesday night games. Huddersfield Town nil, Cardiff City 4. Cardiff City won for the first time in four championship games as they romped to a 4-0 victory at Huddersfield. The Bluebirds seized control of the contest early on as Callum Robinson's back heel deflected into the net off Matty Pearson. They swiftly doubled their lead when centre-back Dimitros Gutas headed in at a corner before hapless Huddersfield were undone at another set-piece as Yaku Maita lashed in his first Cardiff goal following his recent move from Reading. Jack Radoni wasted Huddersfield's best first-half chance with a wayward header before Perry and G's fabulous free-kick ended any slim chance of a Huddersfield revival after the break. I would really recommend checking out Perry and G's goal if you can, as it was truly spectacular. Millwall 1, Blackburn Rovers 2 Callum Britton's excellent goal ensured a third successive championship victory for Blackburn Rovers as they came from a goal behind to win 2-1 at managerless Millwall. Wes Harding's opener was a gift as the Millwall's defenders, uh, Millwall defenders' weak close-range header somehow slipped through the hands of Leopold Vorstedt and into the net after just two and a half minutes. Rovers equalised with a similar gift as Bartosz Bielikowski somehow let Joe Rankin-Costello shot squirm under his right arm. But Britain's curling strike early in the second half sealed the win as Millwall tried in vain to get an equaliser. Following Tuesday's games, the victory moved Rovers up to 10th place, one point off the playoff places, while Millwall dropped to 16th. Norwich City 1, Middlesbrough 2. Middlesbrough claimed their sixth championship win on the bounce to force their way into the playoff reckoning and crank up the pressure on underfired Norwich City manager David Wagner. Sam Greenwood scored Burrow's opener inside the opening minute of the second half, before Samuel Silvera ensured the victory during stoppage time. Norwich's gloom continues, despite a late consolation through none other than Jonathan Rowe, with Wagner's side having taken only four points from their past five league games. Rowe's late goal came in front of a nearly empty Carrow Road, with many home fans having already left early in frustration. Borough were undoubtedly the better and more clinical side following an uninspiring opening 45 minutes from both teams. Josh Coburn's 24th minute header was well saved in Borough's first proper attempt on goal, and just a minute later, Matt Crooks found Lucas, Yen- Lucas Engel sorry, lurking at the back post, but his volley was blocked. The visitors should have gone ahead in the 33rd minute following a stirring attack created courtesy of sloppy Norwich play. Hayden Hackney galloped into space, driving a low goal-bound shot past goalkeeper George Long, only for Shane Duffy to clear as the ball rolled towards an empty net. Borough finally did pounce 30 seconds into the second half. Norwich conceded possession just inside their own half. Hayden of Hackney won, won the ball, passed the f- to the feet of Josh Coburn, who somewhat unselfishly picked out Greenwood, and he finished from close range. Marcelino Nunes went close to equalising for the hosts when his 52nd minute shot hit the crossbar. Dimitris Giannoulis exchanged a 1-2 with Kenny McLean before Nunes was found running towards the box, only for his strike to bounce against the top of the goal frame. 
Nunes tried his luck 15 minutes later. The Chilean international curled a glorious in-swinging corner that looked destined for Seni Dieng's far post, with the Borough keeper reacting quickly to deny the most unlikely of goals. Instead, it was Burra who finished off the job during the second minute of stoppage time. Silvera collected the ball deep in Norwich's half, was allowed to maraud forward and curled a low shot past Long's outstretched left arm. Rowe's powerful strike in the ninth minute of stoppage time gave Norwich some hope, but it was not enough to deny Middlesbrough yet another victory and prolong the Canaries' poor form. Let's have our first interview of the night, and it's only appropriate that we hear from Norwich City boss David Wagner. David, obviously a frustrating night. Can we have your thoughts on the game this evening? Yeah, yes, of course. It's uh, frustrating. Obviously, um, we were below par today. Yeah, we had uh, some spells first half, I think, first 15 minutes where we were okay. Second half, we had uh, half an hour maybe where we uh, were okay as well. But in in general, um, uh, it was not a good performance of us. Uh, Not in terms of uh, the effort, uh, attitude, um, I... I, I I have no complaints. I will not play my players uh, anything but this. They they really tried and fought, but uh, we we looked affected confidence-wise, uh, unfortunately, today. And obviously, this was uh, why we were not able to perform on our level and why we conceded these defeats, uh, where we conceded goals, which, um, again, are very hard to take from from the moment when we conceded them and obviously as well how we conceded them and uh, this is uh, difficult to take but it's uh, it's it's simple football 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 life uh, is not always easy at the minute it's hard this is the truth as well um but uh, it's me who has to find uh, the idea and the solutions um, to get the confidence back into the players and uh, to show them a way out of this uh, difficult period which we have, have. and uh, the only uh, way you can do it is uh, you stick together and uh, take it on the shin and uh, prepare yourself uh, to be better in the next game. What challenges did Middlesbrough provide this evening? How did they compare to previous opposition this season? I think they are quite well organised. I think uh, it was not too much in the game from their side as well. Um, even if they had the better chances, I would say, yeah, we had Nacho's shot on, 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 the, on the crossbar, uh, the goal which we scored. But at the end of the day, we didn't create enough offensively and obviously defensively. Uh, as I said, the goals which we gave away were, were quite sloppy and uh, this is something we can't afford. So we have to make sure we find a way to to get clean sheets, to be more solid and uh, to be totally honest, uh, the goals which we conceded were were no goals which we conceded uh, because uh, it, uh, um, a mistake in the tactical approaches were more individual moments um, where the boys were unconcentrated and as I said, uh, sometimes um, difficult times affect players confidence-wise uh, in decision-making and this was what it was today. And this is something um, where we have to do better. Pleasing to get Marcelino back as an option in your starting lineup, and obviously some game time for Borja as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Nacho worked very hard, had his opportunity with a shot at the crossbar. Uh, Borja, I think uh, he looked lively when he came on. Obviously, it's difficult times for all the guys at the minute, uh, but uh, good to have them back, I think. Uh, good that Johnny, Johnny Rose scored again, uh, but at the end of the day, as I said, uh, we have some problems, we have to find solutions, uh, we have to solve these problems and uh, for this, the, the first thing which you have to do, you have to stick together and 
um, make sure you name the problems which you have and this is what we will do. Yeah, will that be your message for the players over the next couple of days about sticking together, looking ahead to Sunderland or Saturday? Yeah, listen, it's quite easy if you have a period where isn't uh, it working well to blame each other, but this uh, is not the kind and the character of this dressing room. Uh, obviously, um, this is clear that no one is uh, satisfied, no one is happy, and um, we name uh, as well everything what went wrong, but at the end of the day, it's all about to stick together and to make clear uh, to, that we come back to what we have done uh, beforehand. And this is uh, obviously exactly the way which we will follow. Swansea City nil, Watford won. Ken Semmer's thumping late strike earned Watford a second successive win as they edged a drab encounter at Swansea. Watford had the best chance of a very flat first half as Vakun Bayo's free kick, uh, free header, sorry, was saved by Cole Rushworth. Christian Pedersen had a goal disallowed for Swansea after the break as referee Andrew Kitching deemed a Swans player had blocked an opponent off the ball. Then, just as the game seemed destined to end goalless, Semmer fired a 20-yard rocket into the top corner. It was the substitute's first goal of the season and was a much-needed intervention for Watford and the match in general, which had been largely unforgettable until Semmer's shot flew past Rushworth at his near post. A first away victory since January lifts Watford up to 15th in the championship table, while a second home defeat in four days sees Swansea drop to 18th. Leicester City 1, Sunderland 0. Leicester City overcame a stubborn Sunderland side to move eight points clear at the top of the championship table with their eighth consecutive league victory. James Jupton Justin leapt highest at the near post to meet a corner with a towering header to put the hosts ahead early on. Twice, keeper Anthony Patterson pushed Leicester efforts onto the post as they searched for a second before half-time, first foiling Steffi Mavidi before getting a touch on a Kalechi Iannaccio shot. Sunderland were then controversially denied a penalty kick just before the break, with Vut Fasch appearing to bring down Dan Neal with a sliding tackle. Patterson continued to frustrate the hosts after the break with the crucial saves from Cesar Casadai, but the Black Cats failed to find an equaliser as they suffered a third consecutive defeat to drop to ninth in the table. And the final Tuesday game, West Bromwich Albion 2, Queen's Park Rangers 0. QPR's winless run has extended to eight games to pile on the pressure of boss Gareth Ainsworth as his luckless hoops lost to second, two second-half goals by West Brom. After a dreadful first half, the game all hinged on a 58th-minute incident in which Albion were awarded a controversial penalty before Jimmy Dunn was sent off for arguing about it. After Grade Indian Garner was adjudged to have been brought down by Kenneth Pahl, several QPR players showed dissent, and referee James Bell issued centre-back Dunn with a second yellow card to earn the Rangers defender his early exit. Brandon Thomas Asante brutally slammed a right-footed penalty for his fourth goal of the season, but his first since August. Then, just nine minutes later, Dean Garner drilled the Albion second from the close range to complete the Baggies' fifth league win of the season and elevate them into the top six. On to the Wednesday games now, and we will start with Birmingham City nil. Hull City 2. Wayne Rooney suffered a second consecutive defeat as Birmingham City's new manager, as his Blues side were outwitted by his good friend Liam Rossini's Hull City. On a night when Blues co-owner Tom Brady flew in to watch Blues play for the second time, Liam Delap and former Villa youngster Jaden Falenji scored the Hull goals, which ended the host's unbeaten home league record. Hull looked good value for their first win in five games as they climbed to eighth in the championship table. 
But while it was a triumph for Rooney's, Rooney's former Derby number two, Rossinha booze rang around St Andrews from the home fans at the final whistle. Bristol City nil, Ipswich Town won. An early goal from Nathan Broadhead was enough for Ipswich to defeat Bristol City and move within five points of Championship leaders Leicester. Welsh international Broadhead fired home in the 16th minute as the Tractor Boys picked up a 10th win in 12 games since they were promoted from League One. Sam Morsey hit the bar with a long-range effort before half-time as Ipswich almost doubled their lead, but former glover Harry Cornick's deflected shot off the post went close to earning a point for the Robins. The hosts dropped a place to 13th with a fourth loss in their past six matches. Another interview for you now, and let's hear from a Three Valleys regular, Br Bristol City manager Nigel Pearson. Nigel, obviously a disappointing evening. What are your reflections on the game? I think it's, uh, you know, a tight game, good game, good championship game. Um, clearly they're a, they're a side with a lot of confidence and, and have done, you know, come here with a, an intent to win the game, which they've been able to do. But uh, I think we've been a bit, uh, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say unlucky, but it, it was a tight game and, and we could argue that we should have had something out of the game. But um, I, I, I've got nothing really to... Uh, to moan about really tonight. We've we've committed uh, very much to the game. Worked exceptionally hard. It's quite physical at times, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, a, a very very good game of football, really. Lost under King and yeah. that, the, the injuries. How hard is it, especially against a team who are going really well like Ipswich? Well, look, you, you just got to cope with it. I mean, Hayden, I don't think will be a problem, but we can't afford in a game like that to to have. Uh, players limping around, you know, we, we we needed to keep pushing them towards the end. Hopefully, it'll be okay for the weekend. Uh, JJ gets his debut. Uh, I don't think it phased him at all. It's disappointing for us to pick injuries up because we're already really, really tight. You know, we can ill afford uh, too many more. Um, but look, you just have to deal with it. It, it. There's no point looking at situations like that and and and. Uh, yeah, being too downbeat about it, it's, it, it's what we've got and, uh, and we'll recover the players as, 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 well as, as well as we can so that we go into the derby at the weekend with, um, yeah, the same sort of intensity and, and intent. Do you think you get something out of the game? Harry Cornick's shot just oh. cleared off the line. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, thought, I thought Corns did brilliant when he went on, actually, as... Um, uh, as I, I thought all the, like I say, the, the, the subs had a positive contribution to the team, which is, which is what we need. We, we, um, we need that type of a, um, intent from players when they go on, uh, that they get straight to the pace of it. Um, like I say, it was a tight game. Both sides had chances. Uh, unfortunately for us, we, we couldn't find that leveller that we were searching for in the second half. Plymouth Argyle 3, Sheffield Wednesday 0. Mustafa Bundu marked his first Plymouth Argyle start with a goal. As the Pilgrims brushed aside Sheffield Wednesday to heap more misery on the Championship's bottom club. Morgan Whitaker clipped the post early on for Argyle, but Wednesday dominated much of the first period until the Sierra Leonean international Bundu blasted a free kick off the underside of the bar and into the top corner. 
pole for Lentin, gifted Argyle a second shortly after as he lost the ball to Whitaker, and the Argyle Dangerban raced through to steer a left-footed effort around Cameron Dawson. Ryan Hardy completed the win with a low right-footed finish in the second half after Finazaz had dispossessed George Byers and played the Scottish striker in. The win, Argyle's first in five, lifts them up to 18th place in the championship table, while winless Wednesday remained bottom with three points from their first 13 games. Preston North End 2, Southampton 2. Southampton salvaged a last gasp point at Preston in the championship thanks to Ched Evans's own goal. Evans deflected home a header from Saints keeper Gavin Bazunu after the Republic of Ireland International went up for a corner with his team trailing in time added on. Militant Osmasic had come off the substitute's bench at half-time to inspire a North End turnaround after Carl Walker-Peters' excellent strike put Saints ahead. Osmasic volleyed home an equaliser and then delightfully played in Brad Potts for a counter-attacking second, but the late drama extended the visitors' unbeaten run to five and means the Lily Whites have now gone six without a victory. Rotherham United 2, Coventry City 0. Second half goals from former Glover Lee Peltier and Ollie Rathbone helped give struggling Rotherham United victory over Coventry. Defender Peltier glanced in a header in the 51st minute before Rathbone secured only their second win of the season and first for seven games with the second in injury time. Jordan Hugill also hit the post for the home team while keeper Victor Johansson made a number of saves to keep Coventry at bay. The win moved Matt Taylor's side up one place to 22nd, still five points from safety, while the Sky Blues dropped to 20th after a second away defeat in five days. And finally, Stoke City won, Leeds United nil. A Pascal Strauch own goal and Patrick Bamford's missed penalty brought Leeds United's three-match winning streak to a shuddering halt, as Stoke City secured a much-needed back-to-back championship victories. The Potteries failed to capitalise on their first-half dominance against the lacklustre Leeds and looked to have been heading for defeat when Ben Pearson clumsily brought down Bamford just three minutes after the England striker had gone on as a substitute. Bamford, without a goal since April, took the spot kick himself but fired high over the bar. The misery was complete for the travelling fans when Kiani Hoover whipped a corner to the near post and Stoke striker Wesley's header cannoned off the bar, struck Strauch on the shoulder and bounced in. Alex Neal's team was in a precarious position last week, perched just above the relegation zone, but a weekend win over Sunderland and this victory has seen them jump to 17th, just four points off the playoff positions. One final championship interview for you now, and we will hear from a player this time, Stoke City's Ben Pearson. Ben, how do you reflect on that one tonight? Good performance. Um, I think probably lacking confidence the past couple of weeks, but I think these two wins have instilled that back in. I think um, probably dominated all of the game. And I think first half we had majority of the ball, majority of the chances. Second half we we dug in. I think we got the goal and, and sat in a little bit. Um, so no, no, really pleased with the performance. Given the amount of chances that you did have, do you feel as though you deserved the victory? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I don't think they had too many really apart from near the end. I think Kiana makes a, a good block and then obviously the penalty is disappointing for them. But other than that, I don't know too many really sort of clear-cut chances. And I think we had, we had three, four, five um, decent opportunities. So, so no, I think we probably deserve to win the game. In terms of the penalty, were you quite unfortunate in terms of giving it away? I think you slipped, did you? No, I've probably just made... made Made a mistake probably five seconds before, and um, you're sort of trying to get back. Back, you don't want him to score, so I think it's probably a bit naive from me. Um, 
especially against an experienced player, he just probably dangles his leg and and I clatter him. So no, so no, I've got no complaints over the penalty. I think it's just a, a little bit rash from me. The fact that they missed it though, did that maybe swing the balance in your favour? Yeah, I think obviously if they score that score, it probably deflates you a little bit and. It's difficult to come back from that, from that, but I think the fact they miss sort of instilled a bit of confidence in us, um, and then sort of we look like the, the team most likely to score after that happens. So sometimes you need a bit of luck in football. We probably haven't had a lot of it the past four, five, six weeks. So I don't know. It's nice to nice to get that. Fans really got behind you tonight. What did you make of the atmosphere? I thought the atmosphere was really good. I think it, it helps when you you start the game well and on top. And the fans obviously feed off the performance on the pitch, and it, if they can see that the performance is good, they'll, they'll be loud. So, so no, it's it's nice. I think you, you also need fans when the teams so not playing well to, to make that noise. I know it's difficult for, for fans, but I think if we can get that, then then we've got a good chance. It's back-to-back -back wins now. What will it do for confidence? And that's the main thing, really. I think we we know we're a good side on our day. I think we've obviously had a lot of players missing. Um, back-to-back well, -back wins obviously give you that confidence uh, and the players who are playing at the minute will be will be feeling confident there's a lot of competition in there you can see in training this week the, the intensity has been up um, so no it's just a nice position to be in at the minute um, we're building some momentum and we need to carry that on so just before we move on let's take a look at the championship table going into this weekend's fixtures top of the tree 36 points from 13 games played sit leicester city Five points adrift and or game in hand are Ipswich Town. And in third place still remain Leeds United and Preston. Preston in fourth place despite having had this terrible run of form and haven't won in the last six. But it's notable, look at the huge gap between third and second of nearly, well, it's nine points already. Fifth place is now Southampton following their draw, pushing them up to fifth. And West Bromwich Albion taking the final playoff spot on 20 points, uh, but level on points with seventh-placed Cardiff, eighth-placed Hull and ninth-placed Middlesbrough. Mid-table see Sunderland and Blackburn Rovers, Birmingham City, Bristol City, Norwich City and then Watford, Millwall and Stoke, all within four points of each other. At the wrong end of the table, there were wins for Plymouth Argyle, which moved them up to 18th. Swansea's loss moves them full back down to 19th, following a decent display over the last couple of weeks. Coventry's poor form continues as they remain in 20th position, as do Huddersfield with one point less, 14 points from 13 games played, with a startling minus 10 goal difference. And then it gets really bad. Despite their win uh, on Wednesday, Rotherham United still remain in 22nd place with 9 points from 12 games played, minus 10 goal difference. Queen's Park Rangers fall to 23rd with 8 points. And Sheffield Wednesday still looking for that elusive first win, 3 points from their opening 13 games. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. OK, so let's move on to League One. Barnsley 3, Shrewsbury Town 0. Barnsley reduced the gap of second place Oxford following a 3-0 victory over Shrewsbury at Oakwell. 
Herbie Kane opened the scoring from the spot in the 20th minute after the Reds were awarded their first home penalty since March 2021, with Callum Styles adding a second just minutes later. League One top scorer Devante Cole netted a third with 15 minutes to play to leave the Tykes two points behind Oxford. Blackpool 3, Cheltenham Town 2. Blackpool continued their impressive League One run with an entertaining victory over Cheltenham, holding off a fight back from the bottom club in the process. The opener arrived in the 18th minute when Don Thompson delivered a looping cross to the far post for Shane Lavery to force it over the line from close range. A free kick from Caracamo Dembele was headed into the side netting by Callum Connolly in the 25th minute, but Blackpool was soon celebrating again. Albie Morgan hammered a free kick towards goal from 30 yards and it was deflected at speed into the path of none other than Jordan Rhodes, who headed home his fourth in four games on 32 minutes. Lavery and CJ Hamilton carved Cheltenham open again in the 41st minute, allowing Dembele to borrow a shot inside the bottom left corner to make it 3-0. Cheltenham did respond a minute before half-time when Ben Williams found Will Goodwin in the box and he scored with a finish from tight angle, the Robins' first away goal of the season. Goodwin touched home a second from close range after Rob Street's looping header was not dealt with, but Blackpool held on. Bristol Rovers won, Stevenage won, Chris Martin scored his first goal for Bristol Rovers as he chipped in from 35 yards to earn a point for the home side in a draw with Stevenage. The 34-year-old elegantly lobbed over stranded goalkeeper Tay Ashby-Hammond, with seven minutes remaining when John Marquis fed the ball to the Pirates' September free transfer signing. Stevenage striker Jamie Reid had netted his ninth goal of the League One season before that as the visitors took the lead in the 40th minute. The game petered out, and although there were some rather unsavoury comments made by Bristol Rovers manager Joey Barton following this match, they didn't last too long. And when I say that, I actually mean Joey Barton was sacked this week as Bristol Rovers' boss. More on that later. Cambridge United nil, Portsmouth nil. Cambridge United produced a resolute display to hold league leaders Portsmouth to a goalless draw. The U started brightly, with Sully Kakai's cross needing to be tipped over by Will Norris before a Kakai cross was scuffed wide by Danny Andrew. The biggest chance of the game came on 31 minutes when Abu Kamara's overhit cross for Pompey smacked back off the far post, with Colby Bishop's rebound kept out by a superb Ryan Bennett block. The leaders nearly grabbed a winner deep into time added on, only for Stevens to deny Bishop once again. Carlisle United 2, Burton Albion 1. Joe Garner ended Burton's eight-game unbeaten run with a late winner, as Carlisle secured a deserved victory at Brunton Park. Dino Marmria's informed visitors looked on course for a fifth straight win when Mark Helm shot them in front against the run of play after 28 minutes. But the Cumbrians winning only for the second time in 11 games in all competitions produced one of the best performances of the season to fight back. Tom Hamer's goal-line clearance denied Garner a first-half leveller, but Paul Simpson's rejuvenated side kept up the pressure after the break. They were full of value for Jordan Gibson's fifth goal of the season after 53 minutes. Gibson drilled in a low shot after receiving the ball from Dan Butterworth. Gibson was denied a second goal by keeper Max Crocombe, while Josh Walker went close for Albion with a shot into the side netting. But Carlisle kept pressing, and when substitute Terry Ablaid headed a goalwards, Garner nipped in to score the winner. Derby County 2, Exeter City 0. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang inspired Derby to a 2-0 victory and sent Exeter sliding to a sixth straight league defeat. The winger was a constant threat and scored the opening goal before Connor Washington secured the Rams' second home league win of the season. 
Lincoln City 3, Charlton Athletic 1. Former Lincoln boss Michael Appleton suffered his first defeat as Charlton manager in eight games as the Addicts were blown away by the rampant imps at Sinsel Bank. Two goal at Hakib Abdullakun, a player effectively snubbed by Appleton during his tenure at Lincoln, who inflicted the most damage, with Sean Ruffin adding a third after Alfie May had fired the Addicts into an early lead. Northampton Town 2, Leighton Orient 2, Shakai Ford scored a 96th minute equaliser for Leighton Orient, rescuing a 2 all draw in an incident-packed game at Northampton. Orient led early through Rob Hunt, but former Glover Sam Hoskins scored twice in three minutes to turn things around, only for Kieran Bowie to see red before Ford's dramatic leveller. The home side started well, but Orient weathered the storm before breaking the deadlock with their first shot on 14 minutes, when a patient move ended with Hunt collecting Rule Soteru's pass and firing in his first goal for the club. Lee Burge reacted well to prevent Idris El Mazzouni from doubling the lead, but event everything turned around in the space of three minutes at the start of the second half. Hoskins first equalised, latching onto Sean McWilliams' pass and beating Sol Brin via a deflection, before he converted from the spot after Ekin Odimeo was taken down in the box. Bowie then saw red for an apparent headbutt, and Orient should have been level within minutes, but Sotiru somehow headed wide from underneath the crossbar. Burge tipped over Sotiru's rasping volley, but Orient's pressure finally tolled deep into stoppage time as Ford converted Jordan Graham's cross. With that in mind, we will have another interview for you now, and one we don't hear to too often. Let's hear to Northampton boss John Brady. It was a, a cruel blow um, to concede so late. You'd put a, a massive effort into the game as well, but I mean, contextually, when you, when you, I know it's going to be tough at the minute, but it, it's still a good point for you. Yeah, overall, it's hard to comprehend, really, because um, you know I felt we, with eleven players out there, we 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 turned it around at half time, stepped on the gas, and uh, find ourselves two one up uh, within ten minutes, and uh, we should go on to. Um, you know, I felt we could have got a few more, maybe even, uh, but um, obviously the sending off changes the uh, dynamic of the game. Yeah, it was nip and tuck in the first half. Orient obviously got the lead, but as you say, that starts of the second half. I think it was it 49th minute, 52nd minute. You turn it around completely, and um, you're well in the ascendancy. Yeah, turn it around completely. I, I, I feel that in the first half, we were the one having all the entries into the final third. Yes, they, they had a moment probably after about 10 minutes, uh, probably uh, for 10 minutes thereafter, and then I, I felt we we were in the ascendancy and. Um, I think the goal was, a, a, you know, disappointing to concede. But, um, you know, yes, we, we pointed out a few uh, technical issues uh, in possession that we needed to uh, hone up on. And we did. And it made a hell of a difference when we came out. And then, obviously, you know, Sam, you know, when you're in that form, uh, unbelievable goal to score. You know, you think he's wide at that angle and he does it again. And uh, and then we go on and, and get the second with a penalty. So, uh, and then I felt, you know, we're good for the lead and we're, we're going to push on. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't. Obviously, the red card happened. Um, what did you make of that? Well, I was actually trying to organise the back line. And then all I heard is the, the linesman turn around and go, uh, you know, there's been a coming together and uh, sending our boy off. Uh, so... You know, I have to watch it back, but um, uh, yeah. It, it obviously left you with a, with a lot of time to, to play 10v11. Um, 
Uh, and for large forces out there, a few moments, or you had a few chances, but the shape, the structure, you must have been really happy with what you were seeing from your side. Yeah, we changed a few things around, and we changed the shape twice, and uh, you know, I had to find a way, and then and put the full backs on, and and in the end, um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it was tough to take uh, that uh, right now, and it's um, probably a little bit early, a little bit raw to to take that because I feel for the players because the the effort and the work rate that they've put in tonight, um, I felt we probably didn't deserve that, but um, you know, uh, just through having 10 men, you know, it's it ultimately it's going to come. And, you know, we did exactly the same down there last year and we, we held out. But, um, yeah, it's not unfortunate that we had, uh, went to 10 men tonight. Yeah. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, it's it's raw now, of, of course. Um, but it, it, it stops a run of two defeats and you get a point on the board as well. At least you take something from the match. I look what the guys can take from the match is that um, you know if we play to our standards, then you know Leighton Orient team, like I've said, invested heavily uh, this season, and you see they want to really push on in League One, and we've gone toe to toe with them uh, tonight. And I feel if we have eleven men on the pitch, I know it's hypothetical, but I felt we we had the momentum and could have pushed on, uh, but obviously. What we can take is that you can see the togetherness, the work rate, and the energy from the team that they're working for each other. And um, you know, overall, to get a point in the end, yeah, you, on reflection tomorrow morning, you probably probably take that. Yeah, just final one, just looking ahead, obviously to to the weekend at Bristol Rovers. Um, take a point from tonight. It's a, it's a busy couple of weeks for you. Obviously, you you miss Kieran Barry now for a couple of matches, which is a problem. But it's uh, still an opportunity to pick up some more points. Yeah, obviously, look, I want to let the dust settle on tonight and then uh, reevaluate and, uh, you know, look ahead uh, as of tomorrow. But now I'd just um, rather uh, leave it there. Thanks, mate. Port Vale nil, Peterborough United won. Ephraim Mason Clark netted the winner as Peterborough extended their unbeaten run in League One to eight matches with a 1 0 victory at Port Vale. The only, game, the only goal of the game sorry, came in the 14th minute when Connor Ripley failed to keep up Mason Clark's backpost header from Kiwami Poku's cross. Wigan Athletic 2, Oxford United 0. Oxford remained second despite going down to a 2-0 defeat at struggling Wigan. A goal in either half from Stephen Humphreys and Callum Lang gave Wigan their second win in four days. The visitors started well only for Wigan keeper Sam Tickle denying Marcus McGuane and Stan Mills from distance. And Wigan took full advantage on 18 minutes when Thilo Asgard fed Humphreys, who held off the last defender before slotting home. After Tyler Goodrum had been denied by a superb block by Wigan winger Jordan Jones, Tickle saved again from Mills and Ruben Rodriguez either side of half-time. Marshall Goddo had two good chances to double Wigan's lead, only for James Beadle to make a great save. And Kieran Brown blocked a later goal-bound effort. But the match-winning second goal did arrive eight minutes from time when Lang, fresh off the bench, curled a superb free-kick over the wall. Only two fine fingertip stops from Beadle stood between substitute Josh Stones and a third Wigan goal in stoppage time. Wickham Wanderers 2, Bolton Wanderers 4. Bolton recorded their first ever away victory over Wickham as they won 4-2 at Adams Park. 
The encounter started off slow before a howler by Max Stierjek in the Wanderers' goal gifted uh, Ian Evert high-flying side the lead after 15 minutes. I say Wanderers' goal, of course, I mean the Wickham goal. They're both, of course, Wanderers. Paris Magoma got the first goal on his third start for the club since joining on loan from Brentford after he let fly a tame shot from 20 yards, which Stierjek inexplicably steered, spilled over the line. The visitors then doubled their lead through a brilliant George Thompson lob nine minutes before the break for his first strike of the season. However, Wickham pulled a goal back moments into the second half through a wonder strike from Luke Leahy, before David Wheeler equalised for the home side with less than ten minutes remaining. It looked like Wickham were going for the win, before an Ayoan Towell header in the 85th minute and an Aaron Morley penalty four minutes later snatched victory for the Trotters in the dying embers. The result means Wickham dropped to 10th, whilst Bolton remain in 4th. And finally, Reading 1, Fleetwood Town 2. Josh Vea struck a stoppage time winner as Reading's dismal run without a league victory stretched to 6 after they were beaten 2-1 by fellow strugglers Fleetwood. The visitors' dominance throughout much of the first half went ahead after just only 65 seconds, thanks to a Bozen Lawal's first senior goal. But Reading levelled in the 56th minute through Dom Ballard, but Tom Town snatched victory through Skipper Vela in the second minute of added time. So we have a quick look at the League One table. Despite their draw, Portsmouth still remain top of the table, 32 points from 40 game, uh, 14 games played. Oxford United still sat in second, 13 games played, but 28 points, so four points adrift, and two points above third-placed Barnsley, as well as fourth-placed Bolton Wanderers. Peterborough United in fifth, and Blackpool in sixth, so a very exciting match for Peterborough and Blackpool as they play each other this weekend. Selfishly, I'll be at that game, so I'm really looking forward to see how that one pans out. Back to the table. Stevenage sit in seventh place. Derby, Lincoln just outside. And at the wrong end of the table, Cheltenham still sat with five points from 14 games played, minus 19 goal difference. Reading sat in 23rd with only six points, and are now five points adrift of 22nd Fleetwood Town. They're level on points with 21st placed Wigan Athletic. Both teams three points adrift of safety, where we see Northampton and Carlisle both on 14 points. But just before we move on to League 2, make sure to check out on all the other fantastic podcasts that are all available here on Three Valleys Radio. Uh, we've got plenty of exciting stuff in the world of football and in other sports, including horse racing and cricket. Make sure to tune into Three Valleys Radio. Simply search up Three Valleys Radio on Google, click the tab that says Podcasts and listen away. Right, we move on to League Two, and there were plenty of goals in this division, so plenty for us to talk about. We will start with AFC Wimbledon 2, Accrington Stanley 4. Accrington secured a fourth consecutive league win after holding off an AFC Wimbledon comeback to claim a 4-2 victory. Joe Pritchard's brace either side of Tommy Lee's effort gave Stanley a 3-0 lead, and despite two goals from Don's substitute Omar Bugiel, Brad Hills added a fourth late on. Crew Alexander nil, Stockport County 2. Leaders Stockport extended their winning run to nine league games as Carl Wooten's second half header and a late strike from Isaac Alofe secured a 2-0 win at Rivals Crew. Doncaster Rovers nil, Salford City 3. Matt Smith scored a hat-trick as ruthless Salford returned to winning ways with the 3-0 triumph at Doncaster. 
The hosts had the better of the attacking play, but Neil Woodside and Smith in particular were clinical with a few clear-cut opportunities that they had to secure a first victory in four matches. Forest Green Rovers nil, Barrow 2. Barrow returned to winning ways with a comfortable 2-0 victory at Forest Green. First half goals from former Glover Sam Foley and Dom Telford secured a fifth League 2 triumph this season and saw them end a run of four league games without a win. Grimsby Town 2, Colchester United 3. Colchester won their first game since sacking Ben Garner, earning a 3-2 victory over Grimsby at Blundell Park. Goals from Joe Taylor, Zach Mitchell and Arthur Reid earned Colchester all three points after four straight League Two defeats. Owen Goodman's own goal and Donovan Wilson's effort got Grimsby on the score sheet. MK Dons 4, Bradford City 1. Mike Williams got his first win as MK Dons head coach with a 4-1 victory over Bradford at Stadium MK. Joe Tomlinson gave Dons an early lead, which was cancelled out by Alex Gilead. Jack Payne restored the Dons lead before Max Dean and Alex Gilby added second half goals. MK Dons got their first win in nine League Two games, while Bradford lost for the first time in four. Morecambe won, Tramier Rovers nil. Morecambe maintained their excellent run of form as Jordan Turnbull's own goal gave the Shrimps a 1-0 win over Tramier at the Mazuma. The defender was unfortunate to divert a superb Chris Stokes cross past his own keeper Luke McGee with only 18 minutes to go. Notts County 3, Newport County nil. Macaulay Langstaff scored twice as high-flying Notts County eased to victory over struggling Newport County. Captain Langstaff, 26, scored in each half after Dan Crowley's opening goal for Luke Williams' side, with all three goals assisted by the impressive winger Jody Jones. Langstaff's two close-range finishes means the striker has scored 11 goals so far this season. Earlier, Crowley stroked the ball past Newport keeper Nick Townsend. Notts County are second in League Two, two points behind leaders Stockport, while Newport are in 19th. Compounding the visitors' misery was an injury to defender Josh Sebery, who carried off on a stretcher after a lengthy stoppage. Omar Bogle did find the net for the Exiles in the second half, but his effort was disallowed for handball. Swindon Town nil, Gillingham won. Gillingham ended a barren run on the road, winning their first away game in five, one nil against Swindon. The visitors took the lead midway through the first half as Conor Mahoney came inside from the right, drilled the ball low and a deflection wrong-footed the keeper. Swindon were almost level moments later when Dan Kemp clipped the ball into Jake Young. His volley was powerful but spectacularly saved down low by Jake Turner. A Swindon corner was fizzed towards the near post where Charlie Austin had got away with from his marker and got the ball but it went narrowly wide at the far post. Macaulay Bond was through one-on-one with Murphy Mahoney but as he tried to send the ball over the keeper he got an arm up to block the ball and Swindon could clear. Gillingham could have put it beyond doubt when they won a 74th minute penalty after a foul from Harrison Minton, but Che Alexander stepped up and side-footed it well wide. Another interview for us now, and we will hear from Swindon Town boss Michael Flynn. We've given a poor goal away. Um, we know Mahoney's all left foot, and we let him cut in on his left foot, um, which is just basics. It's basics of football, but after that... Well, not even after that. We we dominated the game. I know they've missed a penalty, but that's us chasing it and going a bit gung-ho. Um, we, we, we're missing chances, and those chances need to be buried because um, you know we, we need to we need to kill teams off, and um, 
yeah, we, we we've dominated the game completely again. But I can I can keep saying that when we're dropping points from it, and um, it's frustrating because the atmosphere tonight was I thought was you know first class, and um, I'm I'm gutted for them, but they've got to start learning and learning quick. You mentioned your side there had a number of chances, 13 this evening, with Gillingham's keeper making a number of important saves for them. Does that mean your side need to be a little bit more clinical in front of goal? We do need to be more clinical. Um, but again, at worst-case scenario, that game should have been nil-nil. Um, the, the chance we give away, with, uh, the goal we give away was, was really poor, especially when we were on top. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's they they got they, they need to start learning because, you know, I, I I want this team to be successful and this club to be successful and um, you know look we we've got what we got until we get to January, um, but you know I'll I'll be looking to freshen this up and and add some you know some some players in who can see games out you know you look look at the likes of Wrexham now they've gone on one in the 89th minute. That's not by fluke. They've done it numerous, numerous times, and they, they're they're the, the 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 teams high in the league. You know, Stockport won win. I think they've won nine in a row. You know, we we've got to we've got to see things out. And you add you add in the eight points that we've given away, or even tonight we've given points away. So you can add more. Now we're into double figures now. You can't you can't keep getting away with that. And um, that's the frustrating thing for me because we, we're letting teams off the hook. Well, Taran had a couple of decisions go against them this evening, notably with a penalty appeal for Dan Kemp early in the second half. It, it's a penalty. It's He's the other side. Anywhere else on the pitch, that's given. Um, so, yeah, the linesman couldn't wait. You know, first half, he was flagging everything, got everything wrong. He didn't even flag this time and, you know, he didn't help. Help the referee. But the referee's got a good. He's got a clear view, and um, whenever players the other side of him, and he's through, he's through on goal. It's um, there's no reason to go down. I think you've seen the game tonight. No, nobody was diving around. My players won't dive around. You know, I, I tell them not to not to dive and um, take the chance. But yeah, that's that's one of the the things tonight. My concern is the chances we missed. And the, the poor goal we give away. Well, there are positives to take from every game and, and the opportunity to bounce straight back this coming Saturday against MK Dons. Which is going to be a tough game again, like I said, but there are positives. I'm not, you know, I'm not doom and gloom. The football, again, we played tonight was, was levels above. It was first class, but, you know, that's in between the two boxes. In, in the two boxes, we've got to improve. Um, you know, I felt for the strikers tonight because they didn't know exactly when the cross was coming in. You know, we checked back a few times. We were better second half, or Romeo was better second half with his with his crossing. Um, I know one or two went went a little bit, you know, too far. But look, we've 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 missed a, an header from three yards, and it's got to go in the back of the net. Notably, Jake Kane missing from this evening's squad. What can you tell us about him? He injured himself in the post-match runs on Saturday, so um, yeah, that's disappointing as well. And then just lastly, you mentioned it earlier, the, the home support again, just shy of 9,000 for a Tuesday evening game. I thought it was more. Um, you know, It's my first league game here under the lights and um, I'm disappointed for them because 
they were they were superb. They look and they they backed us all the way. They were behind us um, because they seen they seen the work ethic. They seen us how good we were playing. But you know sometimes I'd rather come in here and say, Do you know what, we didn't deserve to win, but we've got the three points. I, I, that's you know that's that's what gets you into into the playoffs and and to the, into the top three. Those kind of results, but. You know, there's so much positives to work on and, and keep positive about. Just need that a little bit more, um, I say, streetwise. Walsall won, Crawley Town won. Danilo Orsi's last gas header meant Crawley avoided a fourth's defeat in a row as the Red Devils drew one all with Walsall. The Saddlers had opened the scoring in the 89th minute through Danny Johnson, who was on hand to tap in after Brandon Comley's effort had hit a post. After a very drab first half, Walsall launched a second half onslaught, but were met by an inspired Corey Udai in the Crawley goal. But Crawley refused to be beaten as Orsi nodded in his fifth of the season, four minutes into stoppage time, to salvage a point. Wrexham 2, Sutton United 1. Substitute Elliot Lee's stunning volley secured a late win for Wrexham to deny lead to bottom side Sutton United. Ryan Barnett fed Paul Mullin, who struck a superb effort from 20 yards on the angle to put Wrexham ahead. But poor defending saw Harry Smith pull it back for the unmarked Aidan O'Brien to bring Sutton level. Substitute Jacob Mendy stuck the crossbar before Lee volleyed from outside the penalty area for a winner a minute from time. Wrexham, who move up to third, were made to work hard for their win by a Sutton side who remained bottom of the table. Full Parkinson Cider, three points behind second place Notts County, the team they go to on Saturday, and who beat Newport County, of course, 3 0. And finally, Harrogate Town 1, Mansfield Town 4. Mansfield racked up a 19th game unbeaten in all competitions following a thumping 4 1 victory at Harrogate. Lucas Aitken scored twice, and Louis Reed and George Maris also netted for the visitors, with Levi Sutton's reply proving more of a consolation for the hosts. The ruthless Stags dominated the first half with on loan Leicester centre-back Reed scoring his first EFL goal in the 8th minute when he drove in from 15 yards after Aidan Flint rose highest to meet Maris's corner. Aikens then made the point safe before the break by netting twice in quick succession. The 34-year-old striker fired home from just outside the penalty area in the 36th minute after homekeeper Mark Oxley had denied Davis Keeler Dunn and Ollie Clark had thumped a follow-up effort against an upright. Aikens then structured out a leg to divert Keeler Dunn's firm cross into the net from close range two minutes later. Mansfield made it 4-0 in the 73rd minute when Maris beat an exposed Oxley from eight yards after being teed up by the menacing Keeler Dunn. The host's late riposte saw Sutton's deflected edge-of-the-box effort strike the underside of the crossbar and bounce over the line. Let's hear from Mansfield town boss Nigel Clough. Nigel, another 4-1 victory on the road. What's your assessment of this latest win? Absolutely brilliant result, first and foremost. And to get the three goals up at half-time, it's ridiculous. But you, you, you want that fourth one before half-time, if possible, uh, when you're dominating. And we had enough situations and opportunities to get it. And then we knew that half-time they reorganised and the game changes. And I thought for 15 minutes uh, they were in the ascendancy. You showed your intent right from the first whistle. Yeah, uh, we said to the lads, you've had 10 days off, uh, go and show it. And, you know, we're fresh. Uh, we should be absolutely chomping at the bit, uh, having had the game postponed on Saturday. Uh, and certainly in that first 45 minutes, we showed that. What about the three goals in the first half? Oh, brilliant goals. And 
Um, I think the goalkeeper made two or three outstanding saves tonight for them. Uh, and our finishing, too many over the bar. I thought we got in some great situations and we talked about the conditions. Uh, bottom corners, low and hard, and too many over the bar tonight. Uh, but still four great goals away from home again. You really did lay siege to their goal. What was significant in doing so? I just thought the movement, the front three, the control of the uh, three behind uh, the midfielders as well. Uh, a bit of composure there. Uh, uh, and it created situations. We know we know if we can get the ball down and play, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, but please, sorry to skip on, but please with the contribution of the subs again as well when they came on. And in truth, their goalkeeper's had a pretty good night. Yeah, he played well. I don't think he's had any chance with the uh, goals. Uh, the save he made down here late on, uh, I can't remember who it was, down to his left was a, uh, a brilliant save and a couple in the first half as well. Very disappointing just to concede that goal. We've got a great defensive record. We should be doing more collectively to keep a clean sheet tonight. Which goal out of the four most pleased you? Uh, well, I didn't see the fourth one because I was right in the uh, set play. We were sorting the substitutions out, so there was a couple of people stood up in front of me, so I'm looking forward to seeing that one on the bus. Uh, but the first one's always important. I think it's Lewis Brunt's first one. Uh, and when everybody's putting it over the bar, he low and hard, to, might have taken a little deflection, don't know, but he kept it down and that's why he got the goal. Oh, first one's always the most important. Yeah, an accomplished finish for a centre-half. Yeah, it was. And uh, he was adamant he should have had a penalty as well. Just before that, he just nicked one in the penalty area and went down. Um, so I think that was it. That was at 1-0 just afterwards. So uh, he could have earned a penalty as well. But more importantly, we've got to concentrate more on the clean sheets. Two goals for Lucas Aikens. Yeah, he's reward for him. Uh, you know, the first one's a great finish when it's. I think we've hit the goalkeeper, then hit the post, and he's put the third one in, and the second one he's in the six-yard box again where he should be. What about George Maris's strike? Well, I say oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, sorry, you said that, didn't you? <laughs> well, look forward to it. Yeah, you can tell me about it if you want. <laughs> hit it into the roof of the net. It was good. You'll like it later. I can't wait. <laughs> um, looking at the uh, the game on the whole, how much, uh, how pleased are you to to exercise that uh, that ghost of Harrogate because you've come here so many times and not got much. Well, not got anything uh, apart from a nil nil. So it's uh, it's nice to finally to break it and to break it in uh, in style as well uh, and get the four goals away from home and to keep the confidence going and keep the unbeaten run going and all those sorts of things uh, very important and we've got a big big week coming up you know next week home games uh, we've got four on the spin now at home three different cup competitions and a league game uh, so big week of 10 days over 30 shots at goal throughout the 90 did that underline your attacking prowess yeah an intent as much as anything to come away from home and not sit back you know, you know we talk about how we want to try and play the same away from home as at home and I thought we did that tonight 18 unbeaten, as you say. It's a remarkable record. It is, yeah. Just got to keep it going. You know, each time we say, not today. Don't, you know, don't lose today. And that's what we'll be saying on Saturday. Just keep it going one more. Don't look beyond Saturday. Just try and keep it going one more. Stay unbeaten on Saturday. Confidence must be sky high. Yeah, I hope so, throughout the whole team. And the subs are a little bit sort of disappointed because, you know, Swanee's not getting a start and Gailey and, and Hiram and everything. But it's very difficult to make too many changes when the team's uh, 18 unbeaten. Yet another impressive performance for Mansfield. Let's take a look at the League 2 table. Many of the teams have now played 15 games going into this weekend. Top of the tree still are Stockport County. Second placed with 30 points, so two points behind Stockport are Notts County. Unsurprisingly, Wrexham have made their first appearance into the automatic promotion places in third place with 27 points. Despite the impressive unbeaten record, Mansfield find themselves in fourth position with 26 points, but a game in hand on the teams around them. 
Crew have dropped to fifth place on 26 points, also with Mansfield, and also on 26 points are Accrington Stanley. The final team in the playoffs for the first time in a while, we have Gillingham. Just outside, we have Morecambe, Swindon, and AFC Wimbledon. At the wrong end of the table, Sutton United still three points adrift with seven points from 15 games, three points behind 23rd placed Forest Green, who fall into the bottom two, uh, following Colchester United's win, and also level on 10 points, but just outside is Tranmere Rovers. Still by, uh, by no means out of the woods yet are the likes of Colchester United, Grimsby, Newport County, Doncaster, and Harrogate and MK Dons, but much less so for those teams as we are now at least several points away. So, that's all of the matches taking place in this one. So thank you for listening to the EFL review. Just before we go into this weekend's set of fixtures, well, well as a result, we will go into this week's set of fixtures, pardon me. All the games, or many of the games, taking place on Saturday the 28th of October. There are ten fixtures taking place in the Championship that day. We have the lunchtime kickoff of Leeds United versus Huddersfield Town. Decent local derby there. Southampton taking on Birmingham City, also at 1230 Three o'clock, we have Blackburn Rovers versus Swansea. Cardiff and Bristol City in the seven-side derby. Hull are taking on Preston. Ipswich welcome Plymouth Argyle. Middlesbrough have got Stoke. QPR are taking on Leicester City. Not exactly the team that Gareth Ainsworth would want to be facing right now. Sunderland against Norwich. And also Watford versus Millwall. On the Sunday, we've got Sheffield Wednesday versus Rotherham United. Another local affair, a one o'clock kickoff. On Monday, a still a relatively local one, but not nearly as local as the likes of Sheffield Wednesday v Rotherham, Coventry City versus West Bromwich Albion. On to League One then, and all the games taking place on Saturday. Barnsley taking on Fleetwood Town. The game that I'm most interested in, Blackpool versus Peterborough United. Thank you for work, colleagues, getting me a ticket to that one. Very excited about the hospitality at the uh, Bloomfield Road. Bristol Rovers versus Northampton. Burton Albion have got Leighton Orient. Cambridge taking on Carlisle. Charlton Athletic are against Bolton Wanderers. That should be a corker. Exeter City versus Lincoln. Oxford United versus Wickham Wanderers. Port Vale versus Cheltenham. Daryl Clark returns to Vale Park. Reading versus Portsmouth. Stevenage taking on Derby County. And finally, Wigan Athletic against Shrewsbury Town. And as we won't forget them, because we never do, on the Elite Two games, Accrington Stanley versus Colchester United, Barrow versus Salford, Doncaster v Grimsby, Forest Green Rovers are taking on Crawley, big game at the bottom, Gillingham versus Newport, Harrogate Town taking on Crewe, Mansfield versus Walsall, McDonald's have got Swindon, Morecambe versus AFC Wimbledon, Notts County v Wrexham, that's probably the big game in League Two this week, Stockport County versus Tranmere Rovers, and finally, Sutton United versus Bradford City. So that does bring us to the end of this week's EFL review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. I'll be back on Monday for all the exciting programmes and all the matches that took place this weekend. Plus, I'll tell you how wonderful Blackpool is. Never been, so we'll soon find out. With that in mind, whatever you end up doing this weekend, make sure you tune into Three Valleys if you can for Yeovil's game. And if not, have a lovely rest of your weekend. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.